Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains some mild adult language. Okay, everyone, welcome to episode two of Animation Communication with a K. Um, Lauren is here, and we're actually like in talking to each other, like live. Yeah, <laughs> yay! I mean, not live. You, you know what I mean. Well, we're in the, we're, we're actually we're talking, talking in the same recorded space. <laughs> yay! So, um, so yeah, welcome. This is another kind of chill kind of episode. Um, where we're just going to talk about generally how we want to do that. Uh, let, me, let me twist. Generally, how we would want to do this is if we have a guest. No, stop. Creaking chair. <laughs> if we have a guest. Um, so it'll be kind of just general. Um, this episode will curse, by the way, if you didn't hear the disclaimer in the beginning. But anyway, parental so advisory I'll label have... has been stuck on there. Ah, so we're not like only because I. Uh, naturally curse a lot and um, Lauren curses a little bit but not as much as me I don't think so um, <laughs> anyway so <laughs> um, so we'll, the podcast will generally be divided in three sections if we have a guest so the first part will be like shooting the shit and like animation news if we talk about it so we'll be like hey Lauren how was your day honey and then Lauren be like <laughs> it was pretty good let me tell you what happened at work and you know stupid stuff but that's why it's the beginning because if we don't care then you can skip it so, um, and that will be optional for the guest if they want to just chill or they're just like, I'm, I'm an important guest or person and how, how dare you waste my time with your stupid bullshit, stupid daily bullshit. I have enough of that. And I'm like, I'm sorry we offended you, good sir. So anyway, so there's that. And then the, uh, the middle part of the podcast will be, um, interviewing and discussing the, with the, with the talent or whatever, um, like their career, like Lauren, Lauren's is going to be the, the mom of the podcast and she's going to be doing research about their career. And, you know, we'll probably announce guests in, in, in advance. That's, that's the idea, right? So we'll announce guests in advance. So if you guys have any like thing to keep in mind, um, part three will be Q and a from either their fan base or your fan base. So ideally there will be like, Hey, we're having Bobby Joe on the podcast. What kind of questions do you want? And then Bobby Joe will be tweeted, t- tagged on Twitter about it. And then Bobby Joe will re- retweet that. And then between our Twitter and their Twitter, we'll get some good questions. Hopefully that won't be like, so what color is the sky? And so, you know, generally, so first part, um, animation news slash stupid KP bullshit. And Lauren has like less stupid bullshit. I don't, I don't know how much lauren's bullshit there is and <laughs> and then the second one the second part will be kind of an interview with the guests and you know their career and dividing diving into that and anything the guest wants to talk about generally so that will be the probably the the most important quote-unquote um section if you're keeping score i guess and then the third one will be q a from um the community with the k so um so you guys can have a chance to ask the guests things that hopefully are not stupid questions, ideally. Please don't ask them what their favorite pony is. 
<laughs> or it's like, or even if it's asked, don't ask, don't don't be one of the fifty million people that's going to ask the same question. Try and make a, a special, unique question tailored to you, or ask, anything like that. Ask educated questions, or you know, you could even be like, "Hey, I'm an animator, and I relate to this specific part of your career. How did you do that thing?" So that's kind of what we're looking for. So um, you can ask fun questions. Um. But try to put like a little a little effort into them. But we'll obviously probably not choose as many stupid questions. But if you want your question chosen, like, ask away. Chosen. We'll filter them. We'll tell you. We'll 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 reject you just like your wife. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway. So because we don't have a guest this time, um, this is kind of like still getting the feel of the podcast generally. Um, Lauren and I are essentially going to shoot the shit and then do Q&A um, from our fans um, that we didn't source like a half an hour before this call. And, you know, like professionals, you know, the the important people. And then I think that's it. I think probably next week we're, we'll probably be open for a guest, but we just want to, like, as of this recording, the, the podcast hasn't been officially launched yet. So we're just like, this is like we've been talking about guests for like a month or probably more and it's just all hypothetical as like what is this guest so you know once we actually do start getting the ball rolling and actually get a guest it would just be like oh we know what the fuck we're doing yay so you know okay lauren do you have any shoot the shit points of view topics before i just talk for like two hours (laughs) well um oscars are tomorrow i guess that dates this episode uh, so there is the potential of, you know, either Klaus or Missing Link potentially walking away with an Oscar. And I know I'm nixing out, uh, How to Train Your Dragon and all that stuff. I'm just talking about the ones that are those front runners for the, uh, for the category of best animated feature that are completely, are the complete outsiders in terms of the, who they are, the projects that they are coming from the studios that they're coming from, uh, especially when they've booted Disney out of the ranks for this year with Frozen 2 not even getting a nomination for that feature. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, definitely will be a topic of discussion as soon as that rolls around. Uh, but yeah, I, I do want to ask, because um, I mean, I've yet to see Missing Link. I mean, I've seen a lot of clips and it looks, I mean, I love Lyca's work always. Um, but I did see Klaus and I absolutely loved it. So I got to know, uh, KP, have you watched Klaus yet? No, because I'm a bad person. Everyone's everyone and their mom is telling me like watch Klaus, and I'm like I know, and they're just like it's the same animator who was like the head animator for Doctor Doppler on Treasure Planet, like one of your favorite movies. KP, you should watch it. I'm just like, ah. So um, it's on my list, and now like now that Christmas is not here, I'm just even like, ah. But like everyone and their mom that I've talked to about is just like this is amazing, and from a technical level, technical level, I can't speak. On a technical level, I'm excited because I'm always, like, I'm sure Lauren's in the same camp of, like, 2D is best because the market is oversaturated with 3D and there should be a general mix. And I love Pixar, but they did fuck that up a little bit. So to have not only a 2D um, short be a front runner, but, like, kicking Disney outside the curb. Like, historically, if you guys remember, one time that did happen before with Don Bluth and his stuff, and so hopefully it will push Disney to step up their game and maybe help prove that 2D is um, economical because I think people just, they're, they're just very like one, one mindset as far as like, 
oh, 2D is bad, 3D is bad. I'm just like, no, it's the story, you idiot. Like, <laughs> yeah, the story um, matters. It doesn't matter the medium. And and yeah, trust me. I mean, I I love 2D. That's just you know out of my my experience and as an artist and just it. I love watching cartoons. I love watching 2D animation, hand drawn animation. Uh, but in terms of I, I I'm I love all forms of animation and what at the core of it is that the story has to be good. The story has to hook you. There has to be something substantial to it rather than just something that looks pretty. <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> like I I just remember I just know that Avatar isn't aging too great. So um, we're talking about the James Cameron. Movie, yeah, we're talking about the blue cat. Not the other one. The blue cat. So not not. Not the Airbenders, which was a beautifully animated series. So anyway, yeah. So um, but it's I mean I think a lot of av- I think a lot of that Avatar's success or longevity is going to be defined by um how the sequel perform performs because now we have like Avatar Land or what the fuck ever in Animal Kingdom that everyone's just like oh well this exists now like I kind of agree with Jenny's um Jenny Nicholson's point of view of like. Maybe they should have chosen something that was a little less topical. And just because Avatar made money doesn't mean people will remember it forever. Well, it's, and I think that's... Ca- Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, because I've just saturated myself with Disney Park videos as well. So just like a whole bunch of just Disney Park history uh, with that particular region. And I do remember from as a kid when they were promoting it, uh, the opening of Animal Kingdom. Uh, is that they had it slated to be Beastly Kingdom. That's why there's a dragon in the logo for Animal Kingdom, and yet there are no dragons in Animal Kingdom as it stands. It's because the region, which is now Pandora, was once going to be Beastly, or it was actually going to be, yeah, it was going to be Beastly Kingdom, which was uh, more of a fairy tale universe where you had a good side and a bad side. The good side had unicorns and fairies and all the, like, the lighter fare of, of, magical creatures where it was more i guess you could say kid friendly and then the more daredevil you know e-ticket kind of rides and attractions uh were in the darker realm which was where they had the realm of dragons and 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 you know uh, minotaurs and all of these like heavy duty uh mythical creatures so what they did was they took the ideas that they had for some of the rides and their mechanics and the layouts, and they took those and they translated them into what they now have in Pandora. The idea of flying around and and seeing a, a whole new world, that was, like, I mean, they took that Did you do of, that on purpose? Huh? The whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, actually, that was a, that was a, a Freudian slip. <laughs> Disney Freudian slip. Uh, but it was, uh, but the whole, even though, yeah, there was, like, Soarin' Over California, and Soar, now it's Soarin' Over the World, rip. Um, is that the, yeah that ride mechanic already existed by the time they were building all the stuff for Pandora, but the but the idea of flight and flying around with dragons and stuff that existed before even that. So it and that was going to be put into Beastly Kingdom. So I mean there was a whole bunch of stuff in a whole immersive world. There were going to be mazes and interactivity, and it was it was going to be that. So that's why it's um, yeah. So that's why I'm like with Pandora, that Beastly Kingdom still. The idea of it still lives on. It just takes another form, which was confusing to me at first that they even went with Avatar. But, you know, it wasn't my wasn't my deal to financially make, was it? <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, you know, because it's one of those things. It's kind of like Splash Mountain, I think, where people are going to be like, was this a film? I'm just like, 
I don't know. I don't remember. And for those who are new, um, Splash Mountain was based on um, Song of the South's characters. But yeah, Disney Disney is afraid of that one for some reason. I don't think it's too bad on the on a racial tone level from my understanding. i never seen it outright, but from all the analysis I've watched, it just seems kind of like fair for its day kind of critique so i think it's just more of song in this because disney has made the problem worse for themselves by just kind of not pushing or pushing song in the south out of the picture that it's just now become like an urban legend of like this this the, the one band disney sequel clickbait click here to watch more of it so um yeah, and I think actually that- if i remember the animation which was only a few minutes out of the entirety of that film by the way um that was not the problematic part and there, I feel like there were even talks that they were going to release only the animated segments of Song of the South on D- on Disney Plus, if that were to be the only shred of it that escapes the Disney vault. Um, but who knows if that's even going to happen? But it, it, and the, and the thing is, they kept releasing that movie and re-releasing it and re-re-re-releasing it in theaters over several decades. So it was funny because as the times changed and. Uh, and perspectives changed and cultures changed and pop culture itself changed and it's just every once the world started changing and people started becoming more aware of certain things they were like they it was less likely that that movie was going to see the light of day the more it got released because less people were showing up for it so um so i don't know it's like disney's like kind of like hiding it in the back closet at this point but I do remember that it was because of the because of the uh, animated segments. Those were not the prob- the big problematic parts of it. It was the live action segments that they were worried. Uh, if you didn't see it in the light of, well, this was what the time period said was okay, even though it wasn't okay even then. It's like <laughs> we're we're probably not going to see that anytime soon. Um, it's like this weird double standard of of racism. <laughs> yeah. So it, but. And the upside, uh, we still have it on in Splash Mountain, <laughs> and it's all Mark Davis's designs, so they all work together. Which you know, I know this has become like the Disney, <laughs> the Disney Parks podcast. Um, uh, but there's a lot of animation history that weaves into that stuff. So, so um, yeah, we have enough of like Disney, like what happened to this ride, like re. So not that those are bad or anything. It's just like there's a lot of saturation for that market, from my understanding anyway. I'm not probably as big into the the park lore as Lauren is, but you know. Um um on another note, I was gonna say we might potentially in the future do some quote unquote live episodes where they're not live. I mean, we'll do live episodes too where they're live streamed at the same time, but live episodes the other live episodes being on location episodes. So Lauren and I live in Southern California, so we have access to a lot of resources between the theme parks and just like physically being able to see people. And, you know, animation, this, I mean, and this is Burbank in general is the animation town. So I was just like, as soon as I could, like, realize I could get an apartment out here, I was just like on the next, like, not, not, like, metaphorically on the next plane out. So, and I, I love living here and I don't want to move back. And my parents are like, do you want to move back? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> you have fun. You have fun being there. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with my people. So. I guess that's a frustrating thing for people that are in the middle of nowhere. They're just like, man, no one can talk animation. I got to go move to Burbank or I got to move to New York or I got to go to SCAD or RISD or whatever to to be around my people. And I 
I get I, I get that vibe because that was that was my vibe all throughout college. <laughs> Let me just get a film degree and just just get it done with. Um, okay, so we talked. So yeah, I'm we're just I'm just to, to backtrack. We were just afraid Avatar is just going to become a thing where people are going to be less and less aware of the movie and just more of like I guess this is a thing that the Disney decided to do. I don't get the blue people, but they're they are, sure are here. So that was I guess the original comparison. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about Oscars and stuff. Okay, well, yeah, it was a, which I mean, actually, that's... which Avatar that fits in technically with that category, kind of sort of, just not for the technically year, but, but in talks of like what movies are are deserving of those kinds of awards and what ones we have seen, which ones we have not, um, and who will win? Who I think it'd be I, ideally, I'd love to see Klaus win. I mean, yeah, it'd be I... great if we could have that. Because it won Klaus the BAFTAs, is... and it won a sw- it swept the Annies, so I can only hope. Yeah, I think that's probably the best bet. And um, for for those who are new, the Annies are kind of like the the Academy Awards, but for specifically animation. So um, we just know that they exist, and they've always just kind of existed. But um, and like people in the industry talk about them, but you know, from people outside, just like what's an Annie like? And I'm just like Annie from like the play. I'm just like, where is the ginger Annie? You know, I think that would be a fun sponsorship one year just to troll people that the Annie's got like an Annie cosplayer like on the stage and just be like, (laughs) welcome to the Annie's. Where's Sandy? So, you know, um, but yeah, to backtrack. So I guess um, we'll be talking a lot of not insider, quote unquote, because Lauren's more of an insider than I am technically, but more just like people who know how the industry works on just kind of like an um, intim- in- in- not intimidating that's not the right word um, intimate level because we've been hearing all this stuff and hearing these voice actors for like our whole lives and people are going to be like who's that I don't know who that is and I'm just be like it's the guy from this thing and they're just like oh I know that guy and that is every voice actor's career ever so <laughs> um, yeah so I think yeah I think you're right and I think I think that's probably the best bet because as we all know the Oscars are rigged um, in general because it's a whole I think um, go watch Adam Ruins Everything if you want more info on, on that. But essentially that um, dis- um, studios will bribe executives with money and meeting celebrities and stuff like that to have them consider their movie for the Oscar. Because if they win the Oscar, then their movie will probably make another 200 grand or something like that. So that's the game was for that part. And that's why historically the Oscars are stupid. But like for a, like a short term kind of like, just general Hollywood vibe. It's good that they're. It's it's good that these kind of things are being brought into the limelight. I guess so. Things like Klaus, and I feel like Klaus is probably the best. Like I, I haven't even seen Klaus, but I just know for what it is, it deserve. I think it should win because hopefully it will change the industry a little bit to let people be more like maybe we should do some two D. Klaus was pretty is was pretty the shit, and I'm just like yeah, that might be a good idea because ideally like. I don't think the market should be like this, where it's just like um, 2D, specifically like frame by frame animation isn't really done anymore because it's it's kind of been technologized out of the um, out of the studio system. But like even t- television animation, how it works, I guess. Um, before we get on the tantrum, is um, so the storyboard stuff here in um, you know SoCal, so Burbank, Glendale is most of. More, most of where the other studios are. So DreamWorks is in Glendale, DreamWorks Studio, and um, and Disney DTV is in um, Glendale. And the only thing that's in, well, 
and Warner Brothers Studios in Burbank, and then the Disney Historic lot is in Burbank with the whole, like, hat and shit. So, um, that Lauren and I get to go to every time, because we're in this event called WIA, and we we get to pretend we're important. So, if you're local and you want to be able to, to get some really cool networking, I highly recommend WIA. It's cheap, and it's nice, and I like yes. it. Yes, and for those not in the know, for those not in the know, WIA is W-I-A, Women in Animation. What's nice about Women in Animation is it's not exclusively for women. It's only to promote uh, having a balance in the workforce for women in animation between men and women, because there are a lot of female animators and women in animation. So it's like, they're trying to give them a voice and give them connections and networking, but it's also uh, extended to, to everyone. So they want to make sure everybody's able to network. So if you, uh, if you're interested in going to special screenings or to special events, uh, getting uh, newsletters that are all about the industry, what's going on every single week. Sometimes it's on a, um, a you know, like every day, almost every day I'm getting one. Um, so they're really, really on top of things uh, in terms of reporting what's going on in the industry. Uh, highly recommend joining it. And plus, uh, and then annual dues are actually not all that much. I can't remember how much they are. They're, they're 50 bucks a year. So it's Yeah, nothing. so that's actually considering... That's for the whole year. You're getting your subscription and you get access to all these events where otherwise you would pay a separate admission fee, which even then is still not a whole lot. Um, but you'd be able to go to all these events and be able to network for free. Otherwise, it's like we're at least provided in the in the dues. And even then, we had networking events are free. So if you wanted to, to go and meet people uh, and you don't want to pay the dues quite yet, you can still go and you go meet people. And I've met a ton of people that way. Yeah, it's just fun because Wea is just like the 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 existential kind of like white girls who don't understand or or just in the industry, but they can take awkward selfies of them at like Disney Studio or like them with the Shrek statue at at DreamWorks and stuff like that, you know. But people don't have enough context to know that that's relatively attainable if they're just in Wea. So, but you know, it's 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 fun to trick people and pretend we're more important than we are. So, you know. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So, um. But yeah, we like to to backtrack a little bit. Yeah, historically, the industry has always been male dominated because that's just kind of how American um, was American American society was kind of just split. You know, the men would work and the women would make babies or guests or whatever, whatever the the women were doing, you know. Um, But and then there would be kind of rare exceptions like the the one that comes off to the top. The one that comes to the top of my head is Mary Blair, you know, the, the Disney colorist who was like a genius and like designed a lot of the um the color palettes um color keys so color keys are essentially like when you're breaking down storyboards i get it we got it we got to start defining all this stuff lauren before we be like ah, ba, da, ba, da. but like so storyboards are essentially for those who don't know like a comic book version of the film essentially i guess is a good way to describe it so they're it's just like simple rough drawings of what's happening in the in the shot so it'd be um the script would be written and the storyboard artist would read the script and be like, okay, this is how we should compose the shot. So um, they're relatively cheap and easy to um, to make. And then um, that way you can get things like timing right and God forbid, because, you know, once you start animating, like, re, like, let's not change things. So that's why storyboarding is a thing. And so in a feature, in a feature environment, then, you know, after it was, the storyboard was finalized, it would go back to the, um, I guess, the visual effects team or the animation team where it would be split between, like, background assets and character animation and then it would be smushed together after that's done with like lighting and you know 
like if you want to interrupt me with any other things, Lauren, just feel free. But like, yeah, lighting and, um, you know, after effects stuff and post production stuff. And then and then they all make it into a thing. And, and that's and that's how movies are made. So that's how it works in feature and television. Um, there's two options. Um, people aren't really animating their own shit in um, in television just because it's cheaper to outsource it to like studios in Korea and more Korea. I don't think there's any other, maybe like some Thailandian studios. Um, I hope I said that right, Thailandian. <laughs> it sounds like like a foreign Disneyland. So yeah, so those are, um, or and they'll be animated that way or they'll be animated like with models in Toon Boom. So Toon Boom, from my, again, from my understanding, um, works similar to Flash where instead of just drawing every frame, it's like you make a, like a model of your character and then you move the, the model around versus just doing everything by frame. And it helps people, it helps animators that aren't particularly good at drawing and perspective and that kind of thing because they can just move the character and the character is already yeah, it's like, it's it's proportioned correctly. correctly. Yeah. It's all a matter of yeah, rigging a 2D puppet, essentially. Um that's how uh, there's uh I'm trying to remember the name of the studio right now. I can't believe it's escaping me right now. Uh but there is a studio based out in Canada. It's been around for a well, long time actually. Um, is it is it is it DHX the pony people? No no, it's actually a different studio that um has been working on the Lion Guard and also the Tangled animated series right now. Um, and they make for, especially for, um, for Tangled, they've made highly sophisticated rigs. Um, and they were able to fully, uh, fully demonstrate those in, in very creative ways in, in more recent episodes of the show, uh, not giving away any spoilers, but there are some pretty dramatic shots where they were able to use full turnarounds of the characters for, for, you know, uh, for drama dramatic shots uh and it and it and it got people talking about the show even though there were like you know people that didn't know about tangled being a thing as a show i, I just i just and then can't comprehend like seeing these clips and they're like oh my god look at this thing i just can't comprehend how tangles just like from my understanding like the, the network is kind of like meh about it i'm just like guys it's it's a, it's essentially a disney sequel that just stretched out on like three seasons versus like a movie, quote unquote, and it has a Disney princess uh, in it that's popular, like, you know, and historically, you know, with Disney programming where it's spinoffs and shit, like with Aladdin and Little Mermaid, like those have been fine. So like, I don't really understand why it's having a hard time. And I think historic, I think going forward, I keep on using the word historically, but going forward, I think the show will be rem remembered well. And God bless our lords at Disney Plus, because I'm excited that Disney Plus exists, because I think it's a really great important part of disney kind of adapting to the modern age and giving some more flexibility with what they're producing but anyway um you know tangle's really good and you should be watching it because um it's a little slow at the beginning but it's it 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 does the things that it's good which is i should describe that better it's like it does a good so um it does the things like character arc and character arcs like really great dramatic character arcs considering it is a Disney show, kind of like Gargoyles, Gargoyles levels of just like intricacy and like characters changing sides and stuff like that, but not in a way that's forced. I don't know. Um, I really love Tangled and it has some flaws, but you know, for what's being, what's coming out right now, you should be watching Tangled, even if you're not really into Disney princesses in general, because it's like the fucking bomb. So anyway, there's, there's my Tangled rant. Okay. Lauren, do you want to talk about something? 
<laughs> um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, well, we were talking about like Oscars and, and then we went into television animation. So um, I guess what we could uh, also also discuss is, uh, well, I mean, I'm still getting a little more into it is uh, it shows like Owl House that have come out in, in terms of being able to tell a whole new story and bringing and bringing original content out into television. I know this has become the Disney podcast, but whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, well, Disney kind of, I mean, regardless, Disney kind of dominates the in- industry in general. And I think like as, as shady as Disney is sometimes, I think their general company model, com- company model is, is better than it. Like it, it's better than it not being there. Like it has its flaws and in general, it's a huge monopoly. And maybe we should like divide Disney before it takes over the world. And uh, Mickey, uh, Minnie, Mickey Mouse becomes president, you know, all that fun stuff. But, like, I, I think it's a better world that Disney is here. It's just, like, we're, we're we just got to, like, they just got to be careful sometimes because sometimes they fuck things up. And, you know, then we're just like, God damn it, Disney. But, you know, compared to some of the other players like DreamWorks and they, even studios like Leica and stuff like that, Disney is consistently, like, producing stuff compared to everyone else. And because of that, there's more to talk about and break down. So, you know, it will it will be a little slightly Disney heavy, but we're open to obviously talking about things that are not Disney. Yeah. Like, actually, speaking of television, how about that Super Bowl, huh? Uh- <laughs> that Super Bowl that I totally watched. No. Um, yeah. But I mean, like in terms of the commercials, the parts that I know we all watched. The with- only commercials that I saw were was the one with Brian Cranston, because God bless Gre- Brian Cranston, he is, he is, he is, he is a, he is a great, I'm trying to think of a way to articulate it besides, like, he, he does good, but, like, he's, I like how self-aware he is with his humor, and he's not afraid to make fun of himself, and I think that's the big contrast between him and, like, more serious character actors like, um, John, who is, uh, John Delancey, because, like, I kind of know John on a more personal level if that's what you want to call it it's like friendly acquaintanceship where he'll be like oh it's that girl and i'm like yeah, yeah it exists but that's kind of the, the relationship right now of this recording and um john like like so so um brian cranston did this whole thing on jimmy kimmel where he just made fun of himself by his squeaks his sweet 60th and it's like it's like amazing and and just the funniest shit like ever. But like I can't imagine like a more serious actor like John doing something like that. He'd be like, "This is fucking stupid. Like I'm not doing this." Um, and there was a really funny thing that happened at a con. Um, this was years ago, but like it was a it was a Halloween themed con, and people had those um a lot of the the pony voice actors because Lauren and I come from the My Little Pony fandom as a background. We're we're ex we're ex cronies. We've been reformed, but you know they'll be. Well, I mean, that. I still hold on to mine a little bit, but it's not predominant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can't be because the show's not going on. But yeah, like, so a lot of our background and how we, you know, we've been understanding animation for the last 10 years has helped been enhanced by the, um, the My Little Pony fandom. And I guess we can just have a conversation about that someday for people who are just like, what's a pony and how is that important? And you know, blah, blah, blah. But so a lot of the other voice actors were wearing the, you know, those suits that, um, they blow up and they're like half the body and you're like riding a horse, but they're like little legs. And you, so they were wearing a bunch of those. And um, I was backstage with John and his agent. And John is just like, do you do you see why I didn't want to hang out with those people? And I'm just like, and then I died. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, he's, he's, he's funny. But anyway, um, but yeah, so. 
I don't I don't remember again what we were talking about. Yeah, we're, we're just talking, talking about, about Super Bowl gym. ads. I was gonna admit, I oh, was yeah. gonna bring up the whole. I mean, it's funny because there really wasn't like a whole lot in terms of animation, but uh, Baby Nut. I don't even understand Baby Nut. I just know it's a thing, and I'm just like, as soon as like it's sort of trending that like Mr. Peanut is dead, and I'm just like, this is a marketing campaign. You're not funny. So, and then I guess Baby Nut is like, who's cuter, Baby Nut or Baby Yoda? And I'm just like. How transparent can you be with your marketing? And then the, what? The, what? Correct me if I'm wrong. That the baby nut, um, Twitter got banned or something like that. Oh, I think I think there. Yeah, there was something that went wrong with it. But um, uh, but no, it was, it was just I just remember, yeah. When we when the news broke of that, I was like thinking, okay, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Super Bowl rolls around and we have this quote-unquote resolution to what happened to him i'm like thinking he's got to come back he's got to come back at some point right and he's just gonna like rise from the grave like a zombie peanut and <laughs> you were not um, off but no it was like he was freaking reborn from mr from mr kool-aid man's tears i did while while mr clean was comforting him I <laughs> welcome to 2020 everyone <laughs> i think it was just and then and then Miss and then Baby Nut comes out talking like a dolphin, and then just goes, "Just kidding, I'm alive." I'm like, "What was even the point of the dolphin speak?" Uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe it's a reference to SpongeBob, I guess. So, because that's all I, I don't think know. when I think of dolphin speak. But I'm just like, you can't see me, but I'm just face palming the more you describe this. But it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's baby like I I know Baby Nut is a thing, and the only other yeah. Back to Brian Cranston. The only other thing I says I saw is the Brian Cranston Mountain Dew commercial, where with um, the Shining parody, which was fun, and then um, the the third one, which was the sad one about like the the, the widower who couldn't remember his wife, so he just like tell Google things. He would just tell Google things about his wife, and then he Google would repeat it back, and I'm just like, oh, the feels. So, but yeah, Baby Nut is stupid, and like. They're they're it's trying like, to cash in on the baby. I feel like, like that was the only content animated content that came out of Super Bowl. <laughs> but what a, what a time to be alive! And you know, Mister like Kool Aid Man is crying on the tears. I'm just like, is this animation? <laughs> what is what is real life? <sighs> what is this food fight too? I mean, yeah, electric Boogaloo. Electric <laughs> electric cash grab. <laughs> but yeah, it was um. Uh, yeah, it was that that was a whole interesting thing that happened. Uh, I think it was just because the whole the whole thing going on right now with I feel like in with animation in particular is uh the whole baby trend, which actually now that I think about it, let's segue into despicable me. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that trailer, but like all I know is just like, well, you know, Fucking, you gotta know that the, the minions are a huge cash cow and they gotta find a way to keep on making this work. And, like, you know, we have all that Despicable Me stuff at Universal Studios. We can't not be making new stuff. So that's the only thing I think about it. And I don't I don't mind the Despicable Me movies. They're cute. And I didn't see the Minions spinoff because, like, I think, I think the Minions are kind of overrated as a concept. Like, I understand why they're everywhere because people like them and, you know, they know them, I guess, quote-unquote. But... I I don't, I don't know like do I do we really need a fifth Despicable Me movie? Yeah, how I see it though is um because I did see yeah because I did see the Minions, uh spinoff by itself and it was not strong enough. This is why comic relief has to remain comic relief 
because if they're comic relief, especially if they don't really speak beyond gibberish and they have to have a narrator freaking translate what they're saying to you in order for a joke to land, that's not a good lead, especially if they're derived from comic relief where they're supposed to show up to lighten the mood if after you've had a serious scene or something serious was brought up. That, otherwise, it's like, that's why I'm like, I'm actually a little bit more open to what they're going to do with this sequel is because only because Gru is back. And that's the only reason. It, like the moment he showed up at the end of, Mi- of the first Minions movie, I was like, okay, if they do end up doing a sequel, I want to see what happens with Gru there because because that now we're getting back to like we're coming full circle where it all began with the first movie is Gru and the Minions, but Gru is still the leader. So he's the Minions aren't the focus, he is. So I'm hoping to an extent that even though it's Minions 2, The Rise of Gru, that we have a little bit more of that focus on where this whole thing started, which was a, a super villain becoming a dad. So it's <laughs> so I hope I hope I have a little bit more hope for this one. Yeah, those I think I couldn't agree with that. Um, I just I just feel bad that this is slowly becoming like slowly becoming a zombie franchise but compared to everything else that illumination is putting out these days like it's the most tolerable but our expectations for like movies shouldn't just be like well i guess it's tolerable even though it just like exists to make money i guess and like that i guess comes back to the disney kind of like pixar-esque like story is king just make a good story and then everything else will fall into place not just like Pixar, Pixar, our model. Let's let's make some more minions. So I'm hoping that Illumination kind of branches out and finds more of its ground than um, just minions. And the, I did see the the Grinch and Illumination movie, which I didn't really enjoy. Um, yeah, it was. I'm like, I think how somebody said it's like you know, it's not bombastic. It's not great. It's just you know, safe. It plays it safe, and that actually works against it. And I agree. It was like there are some points where I'm like, okay, that's cute, kind of giggle at it. But in terms of the story and the way they developed the characters, it was not nothing. It was nothing new. And even though I know there's no such thing as an original story anymore, it's all same tropes. It's just how you tell it. But with the Grinch, they didn't make him. I don't know. I people probably will have my head for this but like at least at the very least with Jim Carrey's Grinch which I actually do unironically enjoy only because his interpretation of the Grinch is what I figure a Grinch would be he's gross he's disgusting he's bitter he's an asshole he's an yeah so when you think of this Grinch who's literally just Squidward in green fur who actually does go out in public and mingles with the other who's he, on a he's regular a su- basis. Sundry, sun, um Squidward, where, you know, he's just like, it's not like I like you or anything, and then he's just Yeah, like, oh, he's a Sundry. <laughs> like, it just, it didn't serve his character well at all. And um, I think the only part that was actually kind of nice was the end. And it's not because, yay, the movie's over. No, it was because of him being welcomed into the who's house and being and seeing him starting to like interact and actually kind of enjoy being around the who's like, that's probably about it because that was the most, that was the most sentimental real feeling part of it is because he was actually, you know, he was having to go from, you know, 
hating everybody to kind of having to like like some people. So, so it and then because otherwise it, I still feel like you know yeah again you know criticize it all you want. I still feel like Jim Carrey's Grinch delivered upon that better. If you were not it, like the, the original is untouchable, you you can't touch the original with Boris Karloff. You can't. So that's why I keep it out of the discussion because we talk about the ones that were made after that with the with the Jim Carrey Grinch. I like that they what they did with it was at least they were trying to be different with it. So and and with the and with Jim Carrey's interpretation, I know I think him being in the in the suit and the makeup and all that stuff if I remember it, that's part of what drove him insane for a while there because it was I can only imagine how claustrophobic it was to be in all that makeup. Um, but, uh, cause for hours on end, uh, but, uh, but that's where I'm like, in terms of the, the story and the way they developed the characters, it at least felt more like they were trying to do something different and something more, I, I, I organic may not be the word, but you get what I'm talking about. It feels more natural. More, more natural for his character. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I made, I even talked about this in an upcoming, um, video, which I guess probably, will be uploaded by the time this is uploaded somewhere, but um, it's for my top... I, I made a video called Top 10 Disney Sequels that actually have a point in existing, and um, I make a comparison to Grinch compared to, I think, the Timon and Pumbaa, the Lion King one and a half thing, and it's just, like, my takeaway is just, like, you know this is not good when the Grinch, who is a, an iconic character, you know, um, has to be kind of, like, he and he has a song about how iconic his character is, and when it's a stretch to have that in your Grinch movie, maybe you're doing something wrong. Yeah, because I mean they made him too for Elimination's Grinch. They made him too clean. They made him too prim and proper. They made him too because he really wasn't like uber slob or anything like that, and he also wasn't like a recluse who constantly stayed away from everybody and wanted to be away from everybody. He put himself out in the world and was like, I hate you people. Like, you can literally just hold yourself up like your original character does. But <laughs> So it's like, um, and then on top of that, when they have the, so the song describing how horrible and disgusting and gross he is, and he's none of those things, when they say, you got termites in your smile, you, like, he's got these, like, per perfect, you know, Invisalign straight teeth. <laughs> Like, it it doesn't work. Yeah, I know. And, like, it's just, like, they're talking about how gross and uncuddly he is. And he, and he has, on like, a machine that helps him, like, be cuddlier. And I'm just like, what even the fuck, Illumination? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I get how it works on a aesthetic level. And it's very pretty on a aesthetic level. But, you know, these days, the story has to come first. And, like, it's great that... Um, I had a conversation probably a couple months ago with my, um, my with my friend Nick Confalone, who is a, um, a I guess ex but former pony writer, and he we had a conversation about this and how like ultimately even if you want to do animation and you want to do storyboarding and stuff, you need to learn about the writing process first before you even jump into that because like you can make a pretty amazing, fantastic, like visually entertaining movie, but no one's gonna give a shit about it in five years if the if the story isn't there. And the story isn't strong, so exactly. So that's why I recommend if you're interested in animation in general, and knowing that animation is a story structure based driven medium, just like film, then like the story and writing and how to write a good story and narrative purpose needs to come first, and then you can learn like, and you can also learn the art stuff at the same time, like storyboarding and perspective and 
you know, what are, what is a proportion? What is a horse? You know, those kind of things. But, um, yeah, I highly recommend you be consuming, um, animation that has a good story. If, if like, especially if there's no story, then it's just like, it's like a piece of art where it's just like, that's great, but like, you're not, it's not going to impact with the audience that way. And I think why I'll do a little tangent, but I think why animation is such a superior way of telling story is is because like it's it's living breathing art and you can design characters in a way that make the audience immediately empathetic with them that you can't do with live action and it's just a such a complicated it's just such a collaborative process compared to like doing a live action movie where you have to have storyboarders and several animators and several background artists and then you gotta do all the post-production stuff is like i think it has and I'm sure Lauren agrees, but it has kind of the best of all all of the aspects of it. And, you know, I, I wish there was more serious adult animation out there because, you know, um, that's not Rick and Morty. I love Rick and Morty, but, you know, that's just kind of the dominant name right now is especially theatrical adult like animated movies. Can you imagine that's something that's that's not in Japan? But but, you know, it's it's the energy slowly adapting. It just 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 take it a while for people to kind of get into that mindset. Mm-hmm. And so she, like, um, apparently there was this um, anonymous producer. He was writing for, uh, he was writing an article about who he projected would be the winners or who he would pick as the winners for the Oscars this year. And he was talking about, like, who he projected would win for animation. And he, he like, freaking slammed all the other competitors. And he said, I'm only voting for Missing Link because it was like at least like tolerable. It was like the most tolerable out of all of them. He's just like, How to Train Your Dragon? Eh, first movie was kind of cute. Second, third movie sucked. Like he was literally just like, going, you know, Klaus, nobody cares about Klaus. Like he's just like, I'm like, he was just like, I mean, he was bashing everything. He's going, honestly, Lion King should be in this category and it should have won, but it's not. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what a what a joke! I'm like every and and of course you know you got the whole animation community going no, <laughs> like what Don't are you listen doing? To this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, but and that's kind of the thing too is again like um, I'm gonna use that word historically again the the thing that I've been using a lot but historically you know in the 1920s and 30s even like people had to argue that film was even an art form and that film was worth taking time and taking seriously. So I think it's just funny when people have these kind of like double standards as far as like, oh, animation or film is serious it's an art form. It's like amazing. And then like, fuck animation. It's just a bunch of funny cartoons. And I'm just like, that's not how you make that's not don't like you're comparing apples and oranges like it's still a narrative form, you idiot. So, you know. and, so and, and, and animations, when they started in vaudeville uh theaters mm-hmm. they i mean they were started originally as adult cartoons no kid could watch them because if you've ever seen the original felix the cat cartoons oh dear god they they like get real dark in their humor so dark that I, no way would a kid be able to watch it and i'm like looking back at these and they're like these are like 100 years old now and i'm like yeah that's that's the origin of cartoons and animation it's it was it started with like Windsor McKay making Gertie to the dinosaur and then it also mm-hmm. had Felix the cat freaking drinking gasoline when he realizes his his girlfriend's pregnant I mean <laughs> you know for kids so yeah a lot of the the, the mindset changed in the 50s when um Her- Hannah Barbera Hannah Barbera not bon- Bombera 
that sounds like a like a sunscreen brand but anyway um because of how um they use limited animation in general as a way to produce um just stuff fast because you know I don't know. You guys can look up limited animation, but basically that 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 trick with the backgrounds, with the background loop, and kind of like reusing shots and all that stuff. And kids seem to be more tolerable to it than adults. And then because they just started making like a shit ton of just stuff that kids consumed, and only kids like could kind had had a more like a, or a less of an opinionated eye towards it. That's kind of how the mindset changed. Um, you know, back back in the day. But yeah. Now you know that. So like if some if you have a stuck up friend who's like animation's stupid, I'm like, no, let me tell you about what the people on the podcast said, Mom. So. <laughs> yep. Do you wanna jump into Q and A, I guess? So we'll uh, grab a couple questions okay. here. So in case in case you're new, so uh Lauren and I are both into really into animation and I'm particularly we're we're both on different sides where Lauren's on more of the industry side and I my my chair's creaking again. But my Lauren's more on the industry side, and I'm, I'm I'm more on the indie like um original like not original production, but like more on the indie kind of just like film festival e slash YouTuber slash video essay side. So it's it's um different perspectives. So I I'm really hoping these video these questions are not just like My Little Pony, like who's your favorite character from My Little Pony? And I'm just like we can you can go watch some of my other videos about that. It's not it's not why we're here. Okay. Do you want to look through them, or how do you want? Yeah, I'm looking through them right now. Um, let's see. Uh, it's funny because we got some like fandom, like fandom questions in here, but then uh, I guess this would be more a video directed at you. Is the what is the video you're most proud of? I guess you could say like which one, maybe yeah, which one you're most proud of, which one's your favorite. Uh, any any projects um, that you have? You have a lot, I'm, I'm- so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the this is this is the KP interview guys, but anyway, um, I'm I'm gonna say the stupid producer thing of like I don't really watch my videos that often after they're made, so it's hard for me to remember them versus other people who are just watching videos like over and over again and just like biting their teeth for um the new one. Please please subscribe because the analytics are garbage lately. So um, but anyway, um, I still think I still think in a lot of, a lot of ways the John Delancey video um was really good because it kind of I want to say quote unquote put me on the map of just from going from just another person talking about the My Little Pony show and analyzing its characters to like oh she's actually doing a real production with animators and like there's a whole thing going on and like holy shit like I didn't expect this kind of thing so there's that aspect and like I used to be bitter and sad about it because it's been John is receptive to me I have to find the right way to articulate this but he's receptive to me but he's not really he's not really like gone out of his way to develop a a relationship like a friendship relationship not like a creepy relationship every time people are like do you have a crush on John Delancey and do you have a crush on John Delancey sorry my chair's creaking so I'm trying to catch it and then record the lines but or re-record the lines and I'm just like dude he's like older than my parents no and like you know, I'm more, you know, like I don't, I don't get it. So a lot of like my 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 feelings to hurt and is more admiration, admiration, and just more like oh, he like took in the lost puppy Brody fandom and tried to help them. So um, and it took like what a 
like a year or two for him to see the goddamn video and a lot of it was just like the, the actor like i don't want to watch my face and something like ew that so um you know john's john's kind of kind of old and he's kind of hard to deal with sometimes in that sense but that being said um so i remember and then he and he doesn't really use the twitter that often so people would be like did you see the kp video yet and he's like what's a kp so um so what ended up happening, I guess, is I'll give you my, my quick John Delancey KP relationship timeline is um, for there was a con called Everfree uh, Northwest, which is a great pony con. I recommend it if that's something you're interested in going to, but they have their shit together and we'll probably have a I'm interested in having a, a podcast episode specifically to like how to run a good con, get your shit together. <laughs> so because there's so many cons that are like we have a vendor hall is that a con i'm just like no what are people coming to see like they're yeah so everfree is kind of the opposite of that where you know as it should be programming should be the first priority and then like vendor hall and you know that stuff like kind of comes with all that but anyway so um everfree was like they realized that um, KP John Delancey friend show because that was the first con in like several pony convention in several years that John got announced for and then they started getting requests for like are you going to do a KP and John Delancey thing and they're just like the first one they were probably like eh. and then like they realized that like three-fourths of like the inquiries for the con or like the their specific guest application thing was just like man people really want to see this maybe this is like the point of like this is a highlight of the con so they made time to like get me to get my first interview with him and, you know, time for me to, I mean, I never really schmooze with him, quote unquote. We weren't like drinking, we weren't just shooting the shit at one time, but kind of being like, hey, she's real and professional and you should see this. And we actually tried um, several times, but we tried um, to do a panel where John watches the video blindly for the first time. What could possibly go wrong? But um John's highly dyslexic and the people who help him plan those things are I think they're just afraid of putting him outside his comfort zone but my favorite line ever um is just like after the interview and after I'm describing the the um the the video and stuff like that he turns to like everyone in the room which is the con head and his agent and everything he's just like why didn't we do a panel about this and I'm just like my mind is just like yeah everyone in the room so you know Gotta love, like, you know, and I appreciate that John does those things and more people are just like, oh, KP, she's just being overambitious and annoying. What do you want to do without this John Delancey? He's just like, ah, she K. So um, that's kind of his, his MO is so that. And then the next time I saw him, like, someone's just like, KP, KP, John Delancey. And he's just like, can you give this to her? And he's, and he's just like, yeah, sure, why not? And so, like, we were in a panel um, we were in the press panel for BronyCon. I think this was 2015. And, like, we're all getting ready to go. And John, John's like, hey, I have this webcam thing from you. Um, Scott's the real M MVP, if you guys know Scott um, Thornwing, dude. But he's just like, and I'm just like, well, okay, this, this is the thing that happened. So, um, you know, he's so, and then consistently, like, if he sees me around to, like, make funny faces at me and stuff like that. So that's kind of our has kind of been our relationship where it's just like we're we're nice to each other cordially like um you know on that level but there there's not really a, s a sense like okay do you want to like maybe we should like grab food or something so you you can kind of 
know that I'm like Rachel the girl and not just KP this 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 epiphany of this internet thing that people keep on fucking bothering you about. So so that hasn't happened yet, and and we're working on it, mom. But it's just like it's just frustrating because this is this this has been taking years taking taking years. But that being said, there was a point where, um, you know, this some some random person on Twitter because John uses his Twitter periodically if he has to promote a project that he's in. But some random person on Twitter didn't even have a fucking avatar in their name, which is like, did you see this video by I Love Kim Possible lot? I remember and I, I was in a, one of my two D classes and I checked it and I was just like, well, I can't get any work done now because that's the thing. And he responded to them and he was just like, wow, this is like, it's weird to see me, but this was really nice. And so like that going forward, when people would have interactions with him and they'd get like posters of KP and John or whatever they're doing, you know, God bless those people. Um um or kp and discord or whatever so that's a discord is a my little pony character that is um was a big inspiration for me about talking about the show at the time um in case you don't know that but you know anyway um so and he plays that character so that's where the whole thing and then i yeah there's even more history but let's i'm gonna try to keep it short this time um people can ask about that if they want but essentially um um i got distracted but essentially um when he like after after he saw the video when people would be like hey you know like kp's like existing and i'm just like and he's just like yeah i I like her she's sweet i like her and i'm just like oh john delancey really likes me but at the same time he's not like like oh kp's in the vendor hall let me see if she wants to grab food or something like that so i wish there was more proactivity in that sense but you know you can't at the end of the day these are social relationships and you can't really force them and you know i appreciate how nice he's been at this point and doing like there's a lot of shit he didn't have to deal with there's a lot of shit that he didn't have to deal with with me specifically but um he's had a good attitude about it he's just he's just old and and highly dyslexic and kind of gets confused easily and you know you you have to have a high you have to kind of know that going in to kind of excuse it on some levels but anyway that's 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 my life story what's the next question Oh, I was going to say that that was answering your video, I guess, is the anything with Discord is probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad because on, on hindsight, looking back, the, the show is over for those who don't know is it's it's just frustrating to be passionate about a character specifically and how they're how they're portrayed in something. But then having the writers kind of not know what they're doing with him half the time and, you know, giving and letting him have episodes where he is highly out of character or he's making he's he's the bad guy because he has to serve that role for the script quote unquote and it's just frustrating because like the whole point of why you know i i love discord personality wise is it's like i always described it as the joker just turning good and like realizing the joker was the grinch and had a heart and just like how it changed the character dynamic and it blew my mind at the time but like when he's when the writers need him to be the quote unquote bad guy, it's just frustrating because it's just a it's just a regression of his, his his character development, and that's not that's not really who he is, and who he he never really was that. It's just he didn't really get an opportunity to be like, oh, someone cares about me. Oh shit, like I I care about people caring about me. It feels good. Maybe like I'm doing this because I'm projecting my loneliness and insecurity by causing chaos and. You know, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should, shouldn't do that if I want relationships with people. And so, you know, 
like and season finale was great or the series finale was great but part of me and was just like man discord needed to fuck up again before you learn something like like come on guys so it, it just and plus he's not in the show that often he's in the show like three to four episodes per season so it's just hard to kind of continually make content for a show when your favorite character half the time is being portrayed out of character and portrayed poorly because he just needs to serve a goal for the episode or the other times when there are great discord episodes he's only in the show like once once every blue moon and that's why like about uh nick's nick's episodes that he writes um is he really kind of gets that that discord puts on the facade of him of his ego and his um you know, he's, I'm better than you is all, it's just all an act because he's just afraid to let people in. He's afraid to be vulnerable. And once you kind of peel off that and you realize like, or you realize I'm trying to be nice to you, man. Like, why are you acting like this? He's just like, oh, well, I, I'm, that's not the person who I am. I'm just afraid of putting myself being emotionally vulnerable. And, you know, it's just, it's, but Again, I'm just frustrated, like, in some ways I am frustrated that he had to serve the goal and, like, be the bad guy in order for him to learn something again. And, you know, that's kind of what, like, my disdain with the Fluttercord romantic relationship was, is, is that, you know, I, I, I get it and I can get that interpretation of him and his character, but I think it kind of ultimately undermines how important that friendship with, with Fluttershy is and that friendship with, with her in general is. Um, because it's like, oh, Beauty and the Beast vibes, yay. And, um, you know, and that's why I'm glad they kind of left it ambiguous and why ultimately, you know, it's kind like people are like, it's canon. I'm just like, no, not really, because the show staff couldn't even like decide whether it's canon. And they were just like, it's up to interpretation. So how I see canon is, you know, it not, it has to be heavily implied, but also the the, the creatives kind of like um, with Korra and Asami and with Korra that, it has to say, be stated that that was their direct intention. In Discord, it wasn't. And people are like, what about the script where they did this thing? And he was like, going to kiss Fluttershy or something. I'm just like, yeah, but ultimately that was cut because for the reasons I'm saying, and cut material isn't canon. So I'm sorry. So, yeah. but. I mean, it's like it was thought about at one point, considered, and chopped. Because, I mean, yeah. everything everything is chopped for a reason. So it's like it still has to be trimmed down. And what I like is, yeah, again, creative license. You're able to allow, you're allowed to interpret it as you see fit. It's it's yeah. not just because there wasn't a definitive answer. I, if anything, that should be more freeing for people. They can interpret what they want. It's like, but people are just like, I want answers. I want them now. <laughs> yeah. But, and I say, I, I understand that point of view too, because like for certain things, like, you know, my my thing is um like for Draken and Shigo, because they had like a really badly, um, like their romantic relationship didn't start till the very like fucking last episode, and I mean it was implied within the whole season, and I and I oh, and it was implied, um, you know, but and that was handled really badly, and it was an, it was kind of retconned earlier. Um, you can see my Dragon and Shigo video that I did like a couple months ago for more info about it, but um, you know, it was reconned badly and it just kind of came abruptly and they they did it to satisfy the fans because you know i know when i was like when i was watching season four for the first time i was just like kim and ron are cute but like fucking what's going on with fucking draken and chigo so and then they were just like well we can't make kigo canon for obvious reasons mostly because we already have that 
the the dominant relationship being Kim and Ron, so we can't do that. But I guess we can make Draken and Chiyo canon, I guess. And then, you know, after the fact, they confirm, like, yep, they're canon, they're dating, you know, it was intentional. And, you know, I think it kind of works. And, like, if we ever get a season five of Kim Possible, which I'm kind of, like, either way at this point with, then I really don't want them to be like, oh, lol, that wasn't, that wasn't serious. They were just, like, they awkwardly had sex one time and they have to deal with it and, you know, something like that. I'm just like, no, I think that's a really, like, fucking great angle to, to go on this and just, like, like, Shio particularly is, like, I think she's kind of, what's the word? Um, She's kind of embarrassed that she's developing feelings with someone that she doesn't really want to develop feelings for in general, but she kind of has to deal with it and she has to be like, you know, this is what it is, and I guess I gotta tell Draken I like him now, and I'm like, ah, shit. So, um, I guess that's, like, so I get both sides of it, I suppose, but, like, I think everything has to be considered, and, um, I think, ultimately, that was a good idea for Draken and Chico, but, you know, case-by-case basis, essentially. So, anyway, next question, Mom. Um, man, there's just all these... Hopefully it's something that we can both answer, so... Well, it's like there's all these like fandom ones, and it's yeah. We we can if you want to like just just maybe find a compelling one, and we can end like we don't have to answer all of them. Yeah, I think if we just like let's take on one more and and duke it out on that one. And by duke okay. it out, I mean we just politely discuss. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let me see. Um. Uh, no, we're not answering a Star Wars question. Sorry, not this time around. <laughs> um, you know what? It, just because I am curious uh, about the debate on this, I guess we could do it. Um, who would win, Discord or Bill Cipher from Gravity Falls? That's such a like a fandom diarrhea question. I know it's like, <laughs> but if we could, dis- it's funny because I think it'd be even funnier if we discussed it at base level, like you know, like surface level. Like you literally, yeah. Go, I like, mean, well, they're both reality warping, you know, fourth wall breaking, chaotic beings that wreak havoc. So, I mean, but the, the, so you have to think, well, one of them is redeemable and the other, no. <laughs> yeah. So one would be more ruthless, I would think. And the other would, I don't, I, I'm not, and I'm not saying like Discord is weak or anything. It's just like with Discord, I feel like, cause he has certain triggers and certain yeah, things Yeah, Discord's he wants to much protect. more of a, he's, he's much more emotional, I think, and more developed than Cypher as far as on that level like not that that's bad like but cypher like has a goal to fit i guess and discord is kind of like this multi-dimensional not dimension multi multi like three-dimensional character who has a lot of shit going on in his head so um he's he he would get tricked or get emotional about something and you know but i think I mean, if it, he happened, took it that- happened with t-rex so i mean it's and it could happen so that's why i'm almost saying what if bill cypher tried to pull one over on discord it's like I think yeah, I'd, yeah well I'll say something and then you can say something but um I was gonna say I think just at this point Discord's learned his lesson that maybe he shouldn't do things like that and not ask people and you know think that he knows more than he does and then get in these situations these wacky hijinks ensue kind of situations where you know now his friends have to deal with the consequences of the mess that he made like I don't think he wants to do that anymore so I think but I think I it all depends if just if um it all depends if Discord took Bill Cipher as a serious threat or not. Um and like on a power level, I think they're both probably equally powerful. Um, you know, because I don't think there's any there's not any 
limit on either one of their powers from what I've seen. So it's just a matter of who can fucking um, manipulate the other one faster, you know, <laughs> which probably would be Bill. Yeah, especially because Bill, Bill, again, is more ruthless in that he is he is truly more of a hunter. He has a more hunter mentality. Discord does it for the lulls a lot of the time. Uh, <laughs> he does it because sometimes he's a child and he just doesn't he like he doesn't really understand that like he, he acts out when he's not getting attention or he feels like he's rejected and he doesn't and understand he, consequences of his actions yeah. so easily until it's until it hits him pretty hard so it's like but with bill he doesn't care he just like he goes he goes and keeps going and he doesn't care it, it, no matter what gets destroyed and he's like i will do it until it means i'm the winner in the end so yeah so I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, that I, is it chaotic? <laughs> it was like in terms of power level, you're right. They're about equal because of what they can both do. But in terms of if somebody were more likely to win, sorry, it's probably going to be Bill. We'll have to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, somebody that's, animate I, that's, that. fair. that's fair. <laughs> somebody animate that. <laughs> um, I think okay. So I think we're going to end on that note because a lot of the other questions we got were pretty like fandom diary questions and we don't want to spend t- 20 minutes discussing like who is best pony because like we don't we, we have enough of that in our society so um any any notes you want to close on lauren um i think as far as i know because with all the upcoming projects i know i'm i'm excited to see what else we can discuss um especially with uh anything coming from for, for television animation so i'm i'm looking forward to that like uh i know next time what i want to do is um once we have a little bit more information on it, hopefully uh, we can discuss glitch, glitch techs coming from Nickelodeon. Um, okay. The, you know, I know that whole thing was a, uh, it was pulled in and out, in and out of production, pre-production, all that mess. So it's uh, it's one of those shows that's been hanging on for a long time. So uh, I think it'd be really worth the discussion next time. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, because it mostly would be because we with enough with enough material we could go on for for a while so okay yeah i'm not familiar so i have to do my homework as far as that went i knew but, about glitch, um, i knew about glitch text years ago when i was oh, wow. visiting like when i was visiting the studio and they're like oh yeah we're working on glitch text and we're probably looking for artists for that pretty soon and this was when we were they were still trying to build the team to make it so it was like yeah it's been and then big, it was a oof. little bit of a chaotic mess trying to get that going so Okay, well, yeah, I'm I'm curious about it. Then I'll 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 do my homework. But yeah, um, as far as what I'm personally looking forward to is just kind of like the whole like the whole point of the this conception of this podcast and only discussing stuff because but every, let's face it, everyone's doing a fucking podcast these days. So it's more like coming to the like like giving creatives, so like people that are showrunners or people that are storyboards on specific cartoons, like to get their voice out or be like, oh, people appreciate what I'm doing. Imagine that. So um, we, but I won't say anything, but between Lee and Lauren, we have some um, compelling, some, some compelling potential guest spot things. So I guess if there's anyone you want to see or any points of discussion that you would like us to discuss in the future, then I guess leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. If not, tweet at us. Yeah, tweeted us with the hashtag ask a cartoon question. That's our current yeah. running hashtag right now until... Probably we come up with something better. Yeah, everything <laughs> we'll else keep is track too long. Of that one. <laughs> everything else is too long. So yeah, and um, we I guess I can say the Twitter because probably at this point the Twitter will be lodged. So the Twitter will be 
Um, it's animation communication at the KP podcast because I tried making like a AK podcast and like all all different forms and everything was either taken or it didn't make sense. So that was the one that like kind of sort of made sense. Not that I'm trying to steal Lauren's thunder or anything like that. And Lauren's like is K and I'm like cool. So you know um, <laughs> yeah yeah we we both have access to the account. So at one of one time or another we'll probably be checking it and that kind of thing. So yeah um but part yeah so not only is this podcast about discussion but also education about like wanting to get in the industry and not knowing how so we're hoping that including guests and giving people general tips can help them achieve their goals and then the whole like giving giving like you know industry guests that potentially wouldn't have a platform to talk about because if they don't have a twitter then maybe no one cares about that one guy who who storyboarded that one thing that one time and um you know giving them a chance to discuss their past and why they're passionate about the industry and why they're passionate about what they're doing and maybe they're not passionate about it because they're not passionate about it because it's a sometimes it's just a job at the end of the day and like discussion discussing that reality too is 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 hard but but yeah so make sure you're i guess subscribe to the podcast is that what people do they still subscribe to things yeah, I well, I mean, I guess if we're posting this to YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. YouTube channel, like that, hit that like button, hit that like button, turn notifications on, hit that little all bell. Ah, you know, like I hate how you, the YouTube system is broken, and I don't want to ask people to like beg people to be like, make sure your notifications are on. But it's just at this point that you know you're not like. People always like, oh, you have a lot of subscribers, KP. And I'm like, that doesn't mean shit because if people aren't watching the videos as soon as they come out, then they're not going to perform well. So, you know, and then we won't get any growth in that, even though we're nonprofit, that that discourages me to like, because the whole point is to kind of keep on being an, a source of information to new people. And we can't do that if we're just preaching to the same people. So make sure you subscribe. It's important, I promise. And if you already did that, then tell your friend. And get them to subscribe and get their friends to subscribe and then get their make like five fake accounts and get them all to subscribe because you you will trick me into thinking that something is happening. So exactly. (laughs) Um, like I just we just did the new She-Ra video and like a lot of the comments were like, man, the bronies are fucking taking over She-Ra. Can't we just have one thing? And I'm just like, I'm allowed to like more than one thing. Thank you. Exactly. We're not we're not one facet. Thanks. Okay, I think I think that's a good note to end on. So um, I guess see you guys next time. Hopefully you don't hate us forever because of how much we talk. But maybe that's kind of the point. So yeah, have fun. It's like we'll have some fun rambling together even more. So if you like yeah. hearing us ramble, hit that subscribe button. <laughs> smash it, smash it, you smash know, like, that like button in the face like a boss. Like make sure you smash it like you want your your imaginary girlfriend to. So you know. That was a bad. That was a bad insult. You know. You know what I meant. So no, go, go it. <laughs> pretend it's your imaginary girlfriend and smash her as much as you want. So assuming that you're, <laughs> assuming that you're into girls. I don't know who's 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 watching, but you know if that's if that's your thing or boyfriend or if you're asexual, you can just smash it because the the thought of sex totally repulses you. You know, and it, just do it for that reason. <laughs> I think this is a good note to end on. <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. Have a good rest of the, the day. Yay. Yes. Okay. Enjoy your day, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. 
We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.